morning, good afternoon, and good night. And welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. The most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight. This is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy. It's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us. We don't do interviews. We do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill. We drink, we play games, we have the song of the week, we have the creative curse word of the week. As long as you're having fun as our guest. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on, but that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. Good morning, sir. Not quite the morning <laughs> you anticipated. Uh, I feel for you. It's never, it's never the morning you anticipate when you drop a 55-pound plate on your toes and and smash them for probably the fifth time in my life. So <clears throat> the fact that I'm doing this podcast right now means that my pain tolerance is so high that it's made me giddy, and I'm able to continue to work. So. Yeah, that was my morning. How about you? It's you just, doing? <laughs> I, I, so it's just got to be so. Basically, Bill broke four of his toes this morning. He dropped a weight on his toes, and is sitting back with his foot up and an ice pack on there. And I'm sure the numbing, the numbness is kicking in, and that's about all we've got to work with this morning until this podcast. Three Motrin, three Motrin, and fortunately, there's a fridge in the Goldberg's garage now, so there's a there's a uh, um, at least four Budweiser's in there. And I don't know. It's eleven o'clock. I'm really considering drinking one right now. But yeah, um, that was my and and yourself. You you doing well? Uh, I mean, honestly, better than you. So I feel bad. <laughs> well, who is? <laughs> yeah. I feel I feel bad about saying that. But yeah, um, is is. hey, we can all laugh about. It. Well, we're going to. Uh, <laughs> We're, we're gonna go, we're gonna power through this. We've got our friend Ron Caps, NHRA uh, driver and reigning champion, is uh, coming on the show in a little bit. Excited to get I'll Ron preface, back on. I'll, I'll preface the interview by saying he will jump on and screw with me as much as humanly possible <laughs> if I tell him about what I do. Uh, <laughs> Ron's unbelievable, man. To have him on as a guest, not only. Uh, the fact that he's an extremely close friend, but man, what a, what a couple of years he's had. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're going to get into that. It's um, he's such a good dude. And, uh, and a heavy metal aficionado. He's up there with stone cold Steve Austin, as far as their taste of music. <laughs> he's seen my brother more than I've seen my brother over the past three years being at the belly up. And, That's right. So the, at yeah, the belly up. big time music aficionado. Uh, okay, so um, a little bit of uh, an announcement, a little car, non-car related announcement. You guys have heard about us talk about Bravago, our beverage company that we've been putting together for a while, um, more than a while through its uh, crazy ups and downs and production issues. But uh, I'm happy to say that uh, we have the product. Um, it's in my warehouse. Uh, 
We've launched the website. We can sell it online. We ship to 38 states. <laughs> that was the wrong one. I was trying to find the applause. I'm trying to find the applause. See, Goldberg's got drops now. And his, uh... I couldn't find it, man. You're going to get these special <laughs> drops for me every once in a while. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry to do that. Um, yeah, so the uh, – the website's launched. You can buy it. You can um, there's there's a couple of you know a couple of merch items too. But uh, it's a it's a great hard seltzer. It's not really like anything else that's out there before. It's got a lot more flavor, much more uh, bolder flavor. Uh, we only have a variety six pack, so there's three flavors. You can order the variety six pack. Order as much as you want. Um, I will say this is the website just gone up. Nobody knows about it until right now. You guys. The podcast listeners. So, uh, just uh, I would love your feedback. Bear with us a little bit. If there's an issue with the website or anything like that, feel free to reach out to me. You can get me on my social media. If you if you email through the contact page on the Bravago website, I will get those myself and I'll go through every one of them and and respond. So. Um, you know, any issues with the checkout process or registering or paying or anything, reach out to me. Let me know. We'll make it work. But right now, you guys, uh, anyone that's willing to make an order, you are our beta tester. So we haven't really gone public with this yet other than you guys. So um, what, if you have any issues, we will definitely make it right. But I'm just putting it out there. Now, that being said... Uh, enjoy the product. Hopefully you like it. Let me know what you think. If there's a flavor that you like, um, then uh, then let us know. And Personally, uh, I think yeah. it's, I'm not a seltzer guy by any stretch of the imagination. You would not think that I'd be walking down the street drinking a seltzer, but um, I actually got involved with you in this project and uh, you held a gun to my head and a seltzer to my mouth and made me taste it. And I'm greatly appreciative of that because you opened up a new, a new realm, man. It's, it's really good. I'm not going to just say that, but it's uh, I like the way we've, we've, we've gone about it. So um, go grab your Bravago seltzer or I'll kill you. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's um, our slogan. <laughs> all right. So it's, um, it's drink bravago.com. Bravago is B-R-A-V-A-G-O, drinkbravago.com. That's the website. So anyway, that's it. That's the that's the plug for that. Appreciate that. Now, I don't know if we got into this last week or not. Uh, you or Ben, remind me, did we get into the, to the Ford Raptor R? Because I've been driving the Raptor R, the V8 version. No, uh, we didn't really I, get into it. And a little footnote there is I just got a message from Matt uh, character demolition ranch yeah. usually all these new fords and he said that he he's given up on getting the raptor r and he just yesterday picked up the bronco bronco raptor okay so we drove the bronco raptor like the bronco raptor but this this is a different vehicle like you know the raptor r totally different. yeah totally different vehicle now of course the first question is how is it compared to the trx and i will say um uh, a, a lot of simul- similarities, right? I mean, that was sort of the point where we, this competitiveness between Ram and Ford has been fun, right? We we kind of enjoy what's going on there. Kind of. We uh, were reaping the benefits of the competition. It's just like the horsepower the, wars. That's, awesome. that's right. Like we're, we're getting the coolest products because of that. Uh, the TRX, I really enjoyed. Now, I've also had the opportunity to drive both the stock 
TRX and the Hennessy version, right? And and the Hennessy is close to what you have, your Goldberg's Garage Power Pack version, right? It's it's 900 plus horsepower, you know, up there. And one of the comments that I think you and I both had on the modified versions was in the normal mode around town, you don't really notice the additional horsepower. You got to put it in sport mode and that triggers the tune. Yep. And uh, uh, that's when it really kind of wakes up the vehicle and you really get into it. Now, um, a couple of interesting things about the Raptor. First of all, it is fantastic. It's every bit of craziness is, that you'd expect it to be very similar to the TRX. Uh, the supercharged V8, basically taken out of the Shelby GT500, uh, put in there, um, made it up to the new, I believe, the 10-speed transmission instead of the DCT from the, you know, although that would have been fun to see the DCT in that truck. Um, different than the TRX, there's no launch mode. And um, from what I've found out from Ford and some other people that have been beaten on these trucks, uh, even even a big power brake launch or uh, or any of that is not really the fastest way to launch that thing. Just put it in sport mode and mash the gas. Uh, uh, or you can use the hold button. Like when you get to the – there's the hold that you, you get to a stoplight. You stop the vehicle. The hold button holds it there so you can take your foot off the brake. If you have it on the hold and then just mash the gas, uh, that's the quickest way to launch it. Um, it felt very similar to the TRX. Um, it makes uh, the same wonderful sounds, similar wonderful sounds, both the supercharger whine and the exhaust note. And for those of you who have been uh, uh, driving the Raptors, you know, the V6 Raptors, uh, you're going to be intoxicated with the V8 yeah. sound. It's just – it's so fantastic. Uh, it has um, steering wheel adjustments for you can adjust the steering feedback. You can adjust the exhaust. I think it has like a quiet and a normal sport and a Baja mode. Um, the suspension has uh, adjustments to it. But, uh, you know, like I said, no no launch mode, which I thought was just sort of a fun thing to put in the TRX. Uh, I don't know how often it gets used, but it was just kind of nice to have it there uh, and – uh, kind of show it off because the GT500 and the Mustangs and stuff, they all have it. Um, the suspension's great. It was rolling on the 37s. Um, it was comfortable. I, I had a big, uh, it had the big screen in there, but not the big vertical screen that's in my Lightning. It had the like the 12.4 or whatever it is that's a little bit more horizontal and integrated into the dash. Now, between the two screens, between my truck and, and the Raptor R screen, um, both of them worked well, and it's very easy to get used to either one of them. Now, because I've been driving the Lightning a little bit longer, one of the things that I noticed about the bigger screen is, quite simply, just the icons are bigger. So when you want to flip from radio station to station, the icons are much bigger. And when you're driving on a bumpy road or whatever, it's just easier to do. Now, you can use the steering wheel controls and stuff for that as well. Um, so I grabbed a couple photos. I'll put it up there. Um, the interior is uh, – it's on par with my truck. Uh, my truck is is the Platinum Edition. I You can't get a Platinum Edition in a Raptor. Uh, so the Raptor has 
whatever the interior that it comes with. It's more of a Alcantara kind of cloth combination. The platinum is more of the perforated leather with the heated and cooled seats and all that stuff. Uh, you can get the heated and cooled seats in the in the Raptor, but um, I guess you don't really get it with the full leather interior. Um, it's more about personal preference. For me, honestly, I like the interior of my Lightning better than I like uh, the interior of the Raptor. Um, but but essentially the same kind of seats. It's just a different cloth material and, and stuff that they're using. Um, and the stitching and stuff all over, you know, the Raptor logos, it all looks good. Uh, and it's a badass-looking truck, a lot like the TRX. Um, you know, it's funny because we see – the plain Jane Ram and the, and the Ford F-150, and then you see the Raptor and the TRX, and like, man, those big trucks look so cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I saw somebody online already take a Ford Lightning. I'm not sure why you do this, but they took a Ford Lightning, and they did the fender flares and the stuff off of the Raptor and the grill, and they basically – well, not the grill, but they basically made sort of a Raptor version of an electric truck. In my mind, the Lightning should be more of a sport truck, right? Maybe lower it a little bit. Reduce the weight a little bit, wheels, tires, just reduce the weight and uh, make it a fun sport truck, add a sway bar, something like that, which uh, I'm fine with. I think that's more of the idea behind the Lightning. Uh, but yes, the I like the look of the Raptor more than I like the look of my Lightning. My Lightning was a little bit more comfortable to drive and I liked the interior materials more. Um, between the Raptor and the TRX, Removing the brand out of it, like just any particular love of brand, um, this is a tough call. And I would say I would lean maybe a hair toward the TRX. Now, dealer markups aside, take dealer markups out of the equation. um, I think you're kind of getting a little more bang for the buck with the TRX. It's got a slight, slightly more horsepower, not enough to even mention it's like 700 versus 707. Um, it, that's just more of paperwork. It's bragging rights. But I do believe in testing, they were right on neck and neck. Maybe the TRX was about a tenth of a second faster on that zero to 60 run. Honestly, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't dig into the numbers too much. Maybe this is a, a question for uh, Alistair Weaver when we get him in uh, at some point was how does it pull uh, you know, on those highways, the 30 to 50 mile an hour, you know, pulls, um, how does it pull on that, on that uh, quarter mile run? Um, but uh, both vehicles fun. I love that we still have an opportunity to get crazy things like this and, and have some fun with it. Um, well, yeah, certainly different than five years ago when Ram wasn't a competitor, when they, when yeah. no one else was in the space, you know, I mean, it wouldn't have, it surely wouldn't have made Ford go for back to the V8. I can tell you that. I mean, look, I, the, you know, the one I tested was over a hundred grand. It was like one hundred and twelve thousand dollars. It had pretty much all the options on it: the big, you know, moonroof, and like I said, heated and cooled seats, and and the upgraded stereo. It had all the options on it, and it was it was it was cool as shit. So um, I'll post some photos. I it, they sent it in a dark gray. It looked great. Uh, the sticker package on it, I could probably do without the big Raptor logo on the side and all the little eights because it's a V8. The pattern, sort of that like uh, like the like the Gucci print, you know, but it's it's an eight for the V8. 
Um, I, I would go with uh, – I'd probably go with something like that gray. I would do the sticker delete and just keep it kind of under the radar and just have that nice beefy kind of look to it. Um, uh, that's kind of how I would order it. But um, they're, both I, they're, they're, they're both fantastic. Um, I would say as someone who's spent a lot of time in the TRX, both stock and modified, um, if you get an opportunity to drive – a Raptor R. I'm sure you'll have a neighbor pick one up at some point. I uh, yeah. uh, want to get your thoughts on it. It's going to take more than just a, a a blast down the you know the dirt road driveway. There, it's going to you're yeah. going to need a little bit more seat time. Um, but uh, I think I think you'd be more qualified to speak to the comparisons between those two than I would because we didn't well, get yeah, a lot of. I got, I got cumulative cumulatively 25,000 miles on my TRXs, right? So Right, and and, you've, and more opportunity to do some off-road stuff and just see how that suspension feels underneath. Um, what we got was just a shitload of rain the past yeah, uh, couple I mean, days. From here to the house, I can, I can go off-roading. <laughs> you can go off-roading. Um, all right, so I, I'm going uh, to run this uh, ad real quick. We're going to bring Ron Caps on, and then uh, we're going to say hi to him. So before... Uh, uh, as we're bringing him in, O'Reilly Auto Parts, the O Rewards program. Um, we've heard us talk about this re- before. It's O Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. You can shop in store or online to get points and rewards sent straight to your phone or your inbox. Right now, you can get two, three, even four times bonus points on selects purchases that'll get you to your next reward even faster. And uh, you can receive a $5 reward for every 150 O Rewards points uh, that you that you earn. And if you're already an O Rewards member, but you're not receiving your rewards, just add your email or your mobile number to your account, and you'll get an automatic $10 reward just for updating your existing account. Uh, so just uh, sign up. It's quick. It's easy. It's O'ReillyAuto.com, or you can go in the store. It's O'ReillyAuto.com. All right. Ron Caps, good to see you again. Uh, Bill Goldberg is uh, at his uh, garage in in, uh, in Texas. Um, What's can up? You call that a garage? It's well, he built a podcast studio in his garage, and uh, uh, and we are all greatly appreciative of him doing that. So uh, he's a little loopy this morning. Oh, Goldberg's a little loopy this morning. <laughs> What's up, Capsy? How are you? Uh, well, you know, I'm doing pretty shitty, man. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. My, my morning started, you know, I, I after a three-year uh, fight with my general contractor and everyone else, I finally got this garage up and running. And uh, the main purpose of me getting it up so quickly is, you know, we got a 16-year-old son and I got this monstrous weight room in here. So today, like other days, more weights arrive so i grab the 55 pound dumbbells and one of them slips out of the bag or out of its box and from about four feet up it it landed on four of my toes and so let's just say that they're broken oh i'm just i'm on three motrin i've got some cervezas within 50 yards of me but i can't get to them or i'd have to crawl This but, could be uh, a fun podcast. I, I'm just saying, man, you know, and it had to be on the day that we had you on. So did you see Musgrove did that? The pitcher for the Padres here? Did he really? Yeah. Yesterday he's got broken toes and I think they were going to start him on uh, opening day, but same thing. He dropped a kettlebell, I think on his left foot, he's a right-hander. So yeah, yesterday. 
Oh my God. I can, I feel his pain. Literally. literally. <laughs> How you been, man? You know, I, uh, I moved out here years ago and I miss you neighbor. I know, man, we, uh, we're there in Dallas racing up in Ennis in October. You got to come out for sure for that, but yeah, I got to get out and visit. I, that place looks awesome. Been following it. hundred percent, man. We, well, we miss you exponentially and, uh, I, I can't, uh, congratulate you enough. Uh, what you've done since we left, uh, unbelievable, man. How you keep it going? Uh, I don't know. I think, <laughs> I, I think I heard you say it too. I think fear drives me more than anything. Yeah, hundred percent. That and trips to the belly up. I was just gonna say, well, that and uh, PCG, your brother's place. Both of them definitely keep me in good spirits when I'm home. Are you kidding me? It's the least we can do, man. We, it's just an honor to have you around. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We miss you out here, but man, it, what a. How about your son? It's been fun following that. That's gonna be fun progress. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, you know, like I said, uh, we got this weight room finished. It's upstairs. It's about 2,900 square feet. And within four days, he dropped 455 pounds through the floor. Jeez. And so, you know, uh, now we have a, new, a, a cage that I just put in yesterday right behind me on the concrete. So no excuses. Uh, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, I was proud that he was lifting so much weight and it was inevitable it was going to go through the floor. So, it's all good, man. It's all good. But one of these days we got to have you out here, man. It's a, it was a wonderful move. We, um, we're, we're, we're in heaven out here. We're, we're on about 200 acres and now I'm surrounded by all my flipping cars for the first time. I mean, you remember the place in, in SKP yeah. had stuff just stacked on tough stacked That's on cool. stacked on top of stuff, but here it's uh it's a dream come true. So nice. Uh, Ron, so let's get into this a little bit. You're saying, talk about uh, being motivated, driven by fear all the time. Um, 29 years in uh, competing in NHRA. How is there any fear factor left? (laughs) Oh, well, it's even, and I'm sure he can explain from his side as well. It's, uh, you've got these younger drivers. I don't say kids. Some of them are kids. A lot of them are kids. They, They come up through the ranks and you know, some of them flap their gums more often than not. Uh, there's there's some that came up like I was taught to by Bernstein and Snake and a lot of these guys, and that is respect and shut your mouth um, and keep your ears open. And that was really what I learned from Don Perdome and guys yeah. like Kenny Bernstein and watching what they did with sponsors. But you just have a lot of these, these uh, newer generation that come up, so you find ways to motivate yourself physically, you know, as, as we've gotten older, but – Mentally, too, it's the same thing. We go up there and we try to cut a light, and there's nothing new in the sport of drag racing. You're still staring at this Christmas tree. Yeah. You're still trying to do the same thing, and it's not like any stick and ball sports, you know, a basketball player. It's nothing different. You're trying to get the ball through the hoop. So you're, you're just trying to do your best at reaction times, and I guess like boxing and things, you, your reaction times are eventually going to slow down, but you just find ways to stay motivated. And, I, and if I've lost a little bit in that because of age – I try to do a better job in the car because the funny car is so violent and so out of control. You don't just mash the gas and go straight like the dragsters do. Not that they always go straight because now I'm going to get all my friends to drive top field dragsters <laughs> mad at me when I say that. Listen, talk about uh, Dixon. He did a 360 in the middle of the, he oh, started yeah. all the way around and kept going. Thank God. Dude, but, he's one guy that's done a lot of funny car stuff in a top field dragster over the yes, years. Yes, he has. <laughs> but the top field dragsters are so long and so flexible and so lanky and conservative uh, driving wise. You, you 
do about this much steering. A lot of times it's one-handed. I mean, the front end's dancing. It's light. You've got all that. uh, The crew chiefs have all that 300 inches to play with to get that car moving. The funny car is a engine in front of you, literally stiff, 125-inch wheelbase compared to a dragster 300. So it's very short. It's evil handling. It's stiff. There's no suspension. And it's out of control at all times. So as a driver, the ones that can keep it straight, the best, because they never go straight, is the most consistent. And that turns out last year and the year before that there were a lot of runs that we consistently went down the middle of the track. Um, whether I tried to do that or not, I don't, I, <laughs> I'm not sure I actually tried, but I pulled it off somehow. So I think that combined is that's that fear of, of failure or losing for me that motivates me. Talk about some of the differences, how it's progressed from from the driver's seat over the last 30 years. The cars have gotten so powerful and faster and safer. But uh, I I mean, from from, you know, 20 something years ago to now. Yeah, it's been a strange. Well, the evolution of the funny cars and I. And this is one of the reasons I go jump in at some of these nostalgia events, these March meets and the hot rod reunions that are a blast to go drive these old school uh, 60s and early 70s bodied funny cars like the old days because they didn't have a lot of downforce. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to keep it old school. So you get these, you know, older style bodies with no huge amount of rear spoiler like we have or downforce. And you shift them and you don't have uh, a ton of computer data. And I think that, at much like the NASCAR guys, you see the quick drivers now in NASCAR, they're all dirt guys or, or drivers that have come up, these kids that have raced on dirt or are used to a, a loose car. So the funny car itself has progressed, especially the last, gosh, um, 10 years more so. We had a, a little ways back when we won our championship in 16, they didn't have any rules on the headers. And when I say headers, the angle of our zoomies that come out the side of the body. So so crew chiefs um, got real crazy and started laying them back. And when you you imagine an 11,000 horsepower V8 like we have and the amount of power that comes out of those four cylinders on each side, you're talking 1,000 horsepower out of one pipe. So one one pipe on my engine makes more than a complete NASCAR engine. Yeah. So, okay, imagine that the way those zoomies come out and they aim up. Well, Imagine now that power shooting up is going to propel the car down and help downforce. Well, the crew chiefs got sneaky, and a few of them came up with the idea to lay them back. And when I say back, you couldn't tell by walking up. You would walk into staging lanes. You wouldn't be able to tell. It took a keen eye, and then people caught on. But when you laid them back, it helped propel the car forward more with a little less downforce. And with a little less downforce, it made them very hard to drive compared to already been harder to drive. So you had a light front end and a car that was going quicker. And NHRA had to step in because you had the likes of John Forrest, who's the greatest that's ever put a fair pair of funny car boots on, couldn't keep his car in his own lane. And actually came up with a John Forrest rule because he was staying in the gas no matter what. And he would cross over the center line just after our thousand foot finish line. And it got to be dangerous, not just him, but the fact that it's a guy as great as him. So they put a rule, a moratorium on laying the headers back in 2017, I think. So we had just won the championship in that era. So to answer your question, we've had these these progressions and these little areas of driving that have been pretty gnarly. And they've the cars are more stable now. 
you know, we went to Toyota last year and we got a brand new super body that they came out with and spent tons of time in the wind tunnel and it's pretty stable for a funny car. Um, so I, I think it's, it's in a happy place right now. You can almost, when you stage the car, you can almost figure you're going to make it to the finish line in your own lane. Whereas <laughs> 2016, you stepped on the gas and the best in the business weren't sure that you would get it between the cones to the finish line, which is a, a weird thing to say. Just the fact that you lived through that era is amazing. <laughs> well, how about going back to Snake and Dale Armstrong in those days when those cars, really the evolution of what Dale Armstrong, especially with the Batmobile with, with Bernstein and what they did, um, and no side windows and the fires that they had with no protection compared to what we have now. That was my favorite time of funny car. And that's why I love driving those old cars. That little danger aspect and out of control feeling was definitely greater, even more so than laid back era, uh, header era, I think. I'll tell you what, the, the honor that I had spending time with Dale Armstrong personally, I, I, it's really hard to, to yeah. categorize that. That was what, a tough what one. What an to... unbelievable guy. Yeah. Yeah. We miss him big time. Yeah. 100%. I was um, I was recently over at the uh, Lions Museum out here in Los Angeles, which uh, uh, if anybody's visiting Los Angeles um, and you're looking to do some cool car stuff, you know, swing by the Peterson Museum, but swing by the Lions Museum as well. It's a bit of drag racing history. And it's a really cool place. And and uh, they were honoring the snake. They were honoring Mick Thompson. And uh, and it was it was a it was a great sort of gala event. Um, but walking around and looking some of the, at some of those vintage dragsters, and especially the the front engine, you got that basket hanging off the back that you sit in, and then the pumpkin for the rear end is right there, like fully exposed, right there in between your legs. And you're right, and you're basically you you're holding on to what kind of looks like a steering wheel, but it's basically just two sticks, you know, uh, welded together. Um, it's a it's a nerve wracking era. Right. That was my childhood because my, believe it or not, my mom drove one of those slingshot dragsters when I was a kid. I mean, she worked on my dad's car and she helped, but my mom was, you know, when Shirley Muldowney became something, you know, when I grew up a little older, I already had my own Shirley Chacha Muldowney in my life. My mom, my dad would put her in his race cars all the time. He he loved watching her kick guys' asses in his (laughs) race car rather than him just get in it. And she's all four foot eight. But, um, I, I've had plenty of those in my childhood where you sat in them. And like you said, your sack literally is on the <laughs> yeah. back of, of the yeah. rear end housing and your legs go up and over it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, gnarly stuff. Those guys back then were, were, that's when men were definitely men because not only do you have the engine, and if you talk to snake ever and you ask him, <laughs> watch the gleam in his eye next time you're around go, man, what was it like? The early days, the 60s of driving those slingshot dragsters with the tires next to you, smoking all the way down, right? And then the engine in front of you, but when it would oil down, you back then they didn't have all the stuff we have, right? So they would just get doused. So he's told this story many times of literally leather jackets zipped all the way up, and you would take a handkerchief or something in the old days, and they had the, the open face mask with goggles. They didn't have tear-offs. And if you got a bath of hot oil, I mean, it literally would burn people. You know, it killed people back then. But and your your legs and your your manhood is right on <laughs> and rear end that isn't like the rear ends we have now. I mean, these are twelve bolt, sometimes ten bolt, whatever they were back then. Gnarly. Uh, some of those 
those things. But you watch Snake, who's obviously lived through it, still walks around just fine. Uh, watch the gleam in his eye when he describes back then and driving one of those things. I mean, you're just ta- like you're talking about the rear end that's between your legs, that differential. That's still just a cast piece. There's no scatter shield. There's no blanket. There's nothing on it. Like you're just hugging it. You're probably feeling the vibrations, the gears, the heat from that thing. Like your who junk knows is the scatter shield. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's there the, wasn't one. And there, literally somebody, if not you, welded that rear end to some <laughs> chassis yeah. with an arc, probably an arc welder or a gas <laughs> welder. And who knows how good a weld, right? So if that weld came loose, those things would spin. Now, what happens? What oh. what's the front of one of those rear ends look like? That third member, right? Yeah. With the with the pinion. Yeah. Imagine that thing. It used to spin, and it would clean people's you know what's out because oh. the rear end would just spin. Oh. So imagine that. <laughs> That's yeah. terrible. It's oh. terrible. I don't. I don't. We gotta. We gotta. We gotta change off of this. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, Thank all right. you. So, all right. Twenty nine years into drag racing, and then you just get up one morning and you say, "I should own my own team." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, sure, probably uh, didn't go like that, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly how it went. You're gonna have to explain it to us. But you put together your own team. We spoke to you, I think, uh, a year ago when you were when you were launching the team and what an incredible outing you go out first year as a team owner put your team together and you win a championship congratulations on that i mean tough enough to win a championship tough enough to own your own team and manage a team and payroll and and all the shit you didn't have to worry about before quite as much as you do now and then bring home the championship uh is is quite a feat uh yeah crazy why why now why do it now let's talk a little bit about that all those years with Snake, driving for him, uh, I always wanted to do it. I just, I didn't want to, and I learned this very early on with him and again with Bernstein and being around those people and you don't want to half-ass it. You don't want, and I've watched, there's plenty of guys out there doing a much lesser money and I didn't want to do that. And, uh, you know, Snake used to have these little, uh, you know, uh, these little sayings Then he still does. It's, it's funny because, uh, you know, you'll he doesn't mean to say something that's, witty sometimes he just says it and a lot, a lot of these old school guys but he used to say you can't win the kentucky derby riding a mule and so i always i always watched the way he operated mostly and a lot of the, the big time owners that did it right and you had to have the right equipment so with that being said i just didn't want to make the jump and have a sponsor that wasn't something that i could have anything and everything that we needed to to, to win i didn't want to just show up and honestly it happened during the pandemic plain and simple i was I've told this story, Don Schumacher, who I drove for, and I'm, I'm not trying to rip on the guy. He's a great businessman. I drove for him for a lot of years after Snake. Um, but during the pandemic, we all, most of the world went into, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Are we getting laid off? You know, people just didn't know. And I was in the same boat as a paid driver because there was no racing. And I just remember he was on a golf course, and I was – I'd called him because I didn't know if I was going to make my mortgage. I didn't know what was going to happen with our insurance, with the family. And I live out here in California and he was on a golf course in between hitting golf balls and asked me to hold on while he set the phone down on his golf cart. <laughs> and here I'm like, this is my livelihood. And again, he's earned every bit of that. I'm not taking anything away, but that was that moment. I said, okay, I can't have my life in somebody else's hands. If I'm going to fail or if I'm going to have to do something else, it's going to be on my own terms. And uh, I just decided to make the move. And I told him first uh, in September of that year, just so it didn't get a a rumor around. And then I started working on things 
not expecting Napa to jump on board, hoping they would, you know, a small degree, but they just had a huge amount of turnover in their marketing and motorsports area. And it turns out that they wanted to be a part of me doing this. And then I pleaded with Toyota, who I knew was coming out with a new body. And I loved what they did in NASCAR and everything else. And they let me in that part of the family. And it just kind of continued on. I got the best crew chief I could find who I love hanging out with and is a great crew chief and the best team, which was the ones I had at DSR. And they all came with me. So I didn't even have a plan. And these people all jumped on board with me. And I went, okay, now I can't fail. So uh, that's how it started. It really was that moment during the pandemic. Like a lot of, I bet there's a lot of people in the world that had that same epiphany or whatever you want to call it, that uh, this is scary and I've got to do something different. What, what's the first call you make? You make a decision like this. Uh, Don Perdome. You, you call Don God. Perdome. You call Perdome. I, I called him because his wife, Lynn, used to run his business for years, going back to Snake and Mongoose Day. She ran the day-to-day and I saw that um, you got to have somebody. Obviously, you got to have a great wife behind you to anything you do, but you have to have somebody that can handle that side of it. And she always did that. And a lot of people didn't realize that. So first call I made was him. And I, I he, he's been to a few races and he just doesn't have that. I And Bill's been there to Pomona with him. When he goes to hang out, it's like he goes to sign autographs and he's not real keen and real happy just walking around without a place to so I said, look, I want to do my own team. And if I get something together, I'm not asking you for anything. I'd love to have your advice. And I'd love to have you just have a place to hang out <laughs> yeah. anywhere you want. Put your jacket up and uh, I'll put a small snake on a car if you want. But I want you to have a place because Don Perdome needs to be at our drag races. He needs to be. He's yeah. one of the, the, you know, he's a living legend. Um, so anyway, that being said, that was the first call I made. And uh, we talk weekly, if not more. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I haven't said it a lot of times. When I first made the announcement, he was literally, I was in a text message with Rick Hendrick, one of the greatest NASCAR owners of all time, Jeff sure. Gordon, who went back to work for Hendrick, and Don Perdome on Thanksgiving Day, after I announced what I was doing, on Snake trying to get me some extra help, whether it was financially or just advice. Yeah. And, and that's on Thanksgiving Day with those, those two people and Snake was crazy. So... Uh, he really enjoyed helping me get things going and, and, and all that. And I've had a lot of people, Don Schumacher, a lot of people help, but that was the first phone call that I made. Well, this isn't a kiss your ass segment, but man, I got to tell you that uh, all of what you just said is a result of how you've gone about yourself the last 29 years. The, the way that you represent yourself, the way that you go out and you work your ass off and you, you have the, the wherewithal to understand certain situations and then do what it takes to make it a decision based upon what you do, man, just, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're a huge part of the movement. You're a huge part of the business and it's an honor and a privilege to know you. And like I said, the, the success of your team and everybody jumping out of the woodworks to help you is quite indicative of how you've carried yourself. So, sir, it is an honor and a privilege. I appreciate that. That's, I appreciate that. I, yes, I, uh, I love hearing that part of the story because, like you said, Snake should be there. Um, you should have your own team. Uh, whenever the timing was right, now it feels like it was right. And um, you went out there and proved yourself with this team and definitely bringing home the the championship. 
But I, one of the things we've commented on before with drag racing is it's it's very competitive, uh, but there's still a camaraderie within that sport that I think is unlike a lot of other sports. There's not a lot of tabloid news, you know, and when people do fight or disagree on shit, it's usually behind the scenes. It's not a big, you know, publicly seen thing. And and I think part of that is from my point of view, from from a spectator point of view, without being behind the scenes, is NHRA to me is still very much a family-oriented sport. Every time I go to an event, there's dads and moms and kids and and checking it out because it's so visceral. You have to feel it and smell it and you be in the grandstands and when you go blasting down the drag strip, you feel it push on your chest when you're when you're there. And it's just such a, a, an interesting event to go to. And I I'd like to think that a lot of the drivers, the team owners have enough respect for that type of audience that they keep their dirty laundry behind the scenes. That's just kind of what it looks so like. Rihanna, Rihanna's not going to be playing in between races? <laughs> no, 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 it's not. Yeah. It's true, but the, the, like anything else, we, we there's guys we don't I don't hang out with. I may not like the way they drive, and we've had it out at the top end of the track. Now there's more TV cameras that are around. That used to be sacred area down there where you could get out and shove a guy or – you know, not if you're not stupid enough to swing at a guy with his helmet on. Uh, but a lot of that had gone on. Uh, I hit one of my old teammates that started some crap with me years ago, and I got fined by NHRA. And it wasn't on TV. It was actually back in our pit area in, in Atlanta, of all places, which Bill used to go to a lot. Um, so there's that stuff that does go on. But it is, you're right, it is uh, the same guy that I was about to throw down with at the top end for hanging me out staging. If he blew a body off, I was first one over there to try to be to help him, no matter how much I don't like him personally, maybe. So, yeah, that still is a huge, huge part of it. And you're right. Every ticket being a pit pass and that whole thing where you can walk around and, you know, you guys have been out plenty of times. That's what makes it very cool. And, you know, they've had over the years we've and quite a few. And we actually had a couple people from WWF back in the day and WWE come in and try to they had people come in and try to teach us to create drama. <laughs> and that wasn't me. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was somebody at management um, that NHRA brought in and it was a complete failure because you just can't create it. The fans were so quick to know that it was this uh, false. Yeah. It just wasn't real. Um, and these, these drivers weren't able to pull it off <laughs> very well. Uh, that you just it, the fans saw through it, so it was it was it was gone before you knew it. I think one cool thing with the NHRA and with its drivers is throughout the test of time, it's been more about the betterment of the whole betterment of the sport than it is you know individually. Yeah, talk about the betterment of the sport. Let's we got to mention the new kid, the hot shot new kid that's coming onto the scene, young Tony Stewart. He's coming into, he's coming, into, coming into the drag racing scene. <laughs> um, uh, do you have thoughts about I that? It, I think it was uh, the whole onus behind that was a ploy for him to do like a slim fast commercial so that he gained weight. <laughs> just to put him in the seat, just make sure he could fit, right? Hey, he's trying, man. He's lost a lot of weight. I'll give him the credit. 
I've known him a long time. I've raced his dirt races and we've done a lot of stuff over the years. And he, it used to be funny because I used to brag to people that when Tony Stewart, you know, we tried to get him in a funny car years ago when I drove for Snake, when I would go do charity dirt races with Tony. And one thing, it, he would drive anything in the world. It's one of the best probably at driving anything in the world he could jump in. And when we try to put it together, he says, not a effing chance I will get in one of your cars. Like, there is no way. So that it was that cool, like, man, that is severe respect because he's still in the starting line. He's like, I don't even want to get in it. And so to I mean, watch, of course, mentioning Snake. Snake's the one that set him up with Leah uh, yeah. during COVID. Yeah. Actually, he, he was Cupid. Go, and, go figure, right? Yeah, Cupid. right? <laughs> oh, so, God, now it, I get it all. Now yeah. it all makes sense. And it was funny because when COVID hit, he had just introduced him. Tony flew out to have a suit to, to meet her and hang out, and the COVID hit, and he couldn't leave. <laughs> he ended up staying with her. So, uh, so he, yeah, Tony just all of a sudden now he's he wants to own teams, he wants to drive them. And I at the award ceremony when I was giving my speech, I called him out a little bit that he's more of a funny car guy. I mean, look at him. Like you said, he's a burly. He's a He's not a dragster looking guy. The dragster drivers, and I started my career there, you know, they're the clean gloves. Everything's nice and, and a Formula perfect. One looking. Oh, it's, yeah. it's more Leah than it is Tony. Oh, yeah. So he so <laughs> he did promise that he will get in a funny car and attempt that, to get I want to be there. I got to be there for that. Yeah, me too. Got to me and a couple ambulances. Yeah. We will, uh, we'll let you know because there is no doubt I'm missing that. I don't care when it is. He's not going to sneak it in. So. I can't wait for that, but it's, it's been huge. His love already as quick as it's happened. He starts his first race tomorrow or this weekend, whenever it is. Um, his first official race um, since debuting last year in, a, in an alcohol dragster. So pretty pumped. It's going to draw a bunch of people, new eyeballs, and it'll be a lot of fun. I, I, I agree. Um, we like Tony Stewart. I think he's fun. Uh, I think this is an interesting new challenge for him. I do like that he started in alcohol to just kind of get his feet yeah. wet. Um, yeah. And I've I, never seen him smile as much at a race, honestly, at he, any he, race. And I've been, like I said, I've done store with him forever. He's not the guy that you would go get an autograph or we'd smile on at a race usually. At, at, <laughs> but always last couple of years, I mean, walking around, great mood, cracking jokes, smiling. And that's something I, I think a lot of people have noticed. I, I think no, no pressure. I think it brings some new fans to NHRA. We always love that. I think it brings a new type of energy to NHRA, which I always think is exciting as well. Uh, I I I think it's good for the sport overall. I like that he's making this move. We'll see what he can do with it. Um, but I just I think it's just giving well deserved attention to to a sport that doesn't compared to other sports doesn't have a lot of turnover. Right. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, I hope not. I mean, like, listen, <laughs> For my I, sake now. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned that the, the, the legends in this space, yourself included, you know, been at the game for a minute now. And it's 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 uh, and it, it's well deserved in getting getting some fresh blood out there, whether they're uh, young or Tony Stewart. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. He's young again now. He's young again. Eyeballs, man. It's, it's eyeballs. It's, At the end of the day, it's eyeballs. It's the betterment of the sport, right? So yep. everybody yep. props. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you get to watch I, Tony and laugh. I think it's fantastic. Um, looking forward to uh, looking forward to coming out to the race and seeing you out here in, in Pomona. I'd love to stop by and say hello and uh, and wish you guys the best of luck. 
Um, it's always fun to kind of go out there. Like we said in the past, every pass is a pit pass. So if you get a chance to go out to uh, to an NHRA event, you should definitely do that. Bring your headphones and, uh, uh, you know, you should uh, <laughs> definitely prepare uh, for it. By the way, the earplugs, the little foam earplugs won't won't just cut it. You're going to put those things in and then you're going to cover your ears. Um, <laughs> but uh uh, so prepare for it, and if you're bringing your kids or anything out there, make sure you you know pick up the good headsets for them. Um, it, yeah, it's, uh, definitely, it's it's worth it. And then go by and see Ron Caps. There's nobody better out there just uh, saying hi and signing stuff and taking pictures than than the man himself. So, um, Ron, I appreciate it. Uh, so glad to have you back on. I'm looking forward to a great season. Um, I'm excited about another championship for you guys. Hey, I. I- <laughs> Can't believe we pulled last one off still. You know, it was crazy. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be fun uh, no matter what. We got the number one in the car again, which is something that reminds you. And, and it's very, very cool to have that when you walk in the pit area and just say, man, what, look what we accomplished last year. So super pumped about uh, it, the season's obviously starting a little different. We start in Florida now at the Gator yep. Nationals. And then we have a, like a mini West Coast swing now to start the season. So for the first time, Pomona won't be the Winter Nationals as the the, the leadoff race, it'll be the first weekend of April, which I think a little better weather. We've had rain in the past a lot with the Winter Nationals so, and, and cold weather, and I think that'll help. So looking forward to that. It'll be Phoenix, Pomona, Vegas, three in a row on the West Coast, uh, and should change things up a little bit. should help. And uh, I'm just worried about his toes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, you know here's, a, here's a little plug for Motrin. Because oh, pain man. has kind of gone away a little bit, maybe because I'm used to it. But let me throw this out there, man. It's always an honor and a privilege. Love you to death. Miss you. Uh, very happy for you. Honored that you're a friend. And uh, go kick some ass again this year. Appreciate it, Bill. Thanks, man. All right. Um, we're going to wrap things up. Bill's going to hobble his way to an ER. As soon as you put oh. that foot down and the blood oh. fills up, that's where it's going to kick in. I feel that's bad, That's the bro. worst. That, oh. that, that thing's going to swell up like a like a balloon and it's going to... Over and out. Yeah. I'm on my way to the hospital. You just go to the <laughs> hospital now. Get that story. Um, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, drinkbravago.com. That's the website for, uh, for the new drinks. We'd love you guys to go and try it and let you know what you think and give us feedback on the drinks and the website and all of that. So um, until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com. All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couple's retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows. Available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free.